Welcome to Too Many Hats, a place for entrepreneurs to share, connect, and relate. I'm Desiree, owner of Mini Backdrops and host of this podcast, where I talk about my life as a small business owner, mother to four, wife, and a thousand other things, and where I invite others to join me in sharing their stories of trying to do it all. everyone so this is episode 14 um i'm gonna keep this intro quick because i am sick and which is why i missed the podcast last week but i will go into more detail about all that fun stuff in an upcoming podcast on this week's podcast we are talking with Lindsay, who is a life and relation relationship coach and she shares a little bit about her amazing journey as well as provides some really awesome just general advice All right, so I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Thank you for joining me on my podcast. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Is it morning for you? Oh, yes. I forgot. It's (laughs) afternoon for you. (laughs) It's almost evening, but eh, that's the life of being on the opposite side of most of my customer base. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So you are a personal development coach, is that correct? Yes. yes. So what does that really entail? So I work one-on-one mostly and um, I coach women and help them to live a passionate life full of purpose, balance, and the happiness they deserve. And then I also hold apps and empowerment events as well. So, Okay. So how did you get into the whole personal development coaching? I've kind of been doing it unofficially all my life. I've always strived for myself to be growing and learning new things and always trying to improve myself. And um, then I noticed that people would always come to me with things and want advice or suggestions about what they should do in this situation or how they can improve this. And it wasn't until after I had graduated from um, undergrad that I was like, this is getting a little more serious and I am for real, for real changing people's lives. (laughs) Like maybe I should take this more serious as a business. I mean, I love it already anyway, so why not? How long have you been doing it? Officially with government papers and all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Since 2014. Okay, so you've got a few years in officially behind you now. Um, you said you were have your undergrad. Is that in a topic related to what you're doing now or? So my undergrad is in, yes, it is. My undergrad degree is in psychology and then my master's is in professional counseling and coaching. So. Okay. Now I was looking on your website and I know you have this amazing, crazy story kind of guided you to where you are. Did you want to share a little bit about that story? (laughs) Sure, sure. So in 2007, I woke up, had no clue where I was, and apparently I had been in a car wreck, um, and I had no recollection of the previous week. Like the last thing I remember is getting in the car and driving home before waking up in the middle of the night having no clue where I was. And um, yeah, so they had actually pronounced me brain dead on scene. And they 
ferry backed me to the nearest trauma hospital, which I don't know how far it is by helicopter, but <laughs> <laughs> driving distance, it would have been probably about one to two hours. Um, so they sent me there and they pronounced me brain dead there, but they didn't know how to locate my family. Um, and so they were keeping me on on machines and things until they could locate my family. And they actually a couple times projected that I wouldn't make it through the night. So the main injury was brain damage and paralysis amongst a whole bunch of injuries. Mm. Um, but of course, I am here talking with you. So, <laughs> so you, you made it through it. Yes, yes. That's that's just honestly I think it's a crazy story but it's so amazing like how does one come back from something like that It was hard it was hard on the outside I was very positive and um happy and smiling because I wanted to get better it's one thing to grow up with certain disabilities um mm -hmm. it's another thing to have it snatched away from you in a blink um because my cognitive abilities were different. It took me longer to focus on things. Um, I couldn't hear a little bit out of my left ear. And so that was an adjustment and hearing my voice. And I couldn't even talk, actually. Um, I was talking in a whisper for the longest, and my voice gradually increased. And to this day, I can't really scream, scream. <laughs> so <laughs> luckily, I don't ever really need to, but... <laughs> It was quite an adjustment. I had a lot of residual inner issues that I had to overcome. Now, do you think that it was this this event that kind of pushed you towards like being in the psychiatry, personal development kind of area? Or was that something you started before? I had always been interested in it, but it wasn't until afterwards that um, having to kind of turn myself around and motivate myself in that deep of a level um, that I was like, wow. And seeing how many people were following me and watching me and wanted to hear what I was doing, that's whenever I realized there are many, many people that are struggling, whether they're overwhelmed from a car wreck like I was or overwhelmed from just the everyday things that we have to juggle in life, especially as women, we juggle being a mom sometimes, we juggle our careers or that battle between how do I raise a family and have a career or that social life or if you have a spouse, we wear so many hats and just seeing how many women had that struggle, I felt like it would be selfish of me not to help them as well as best as I could. So, Can, can I just say that I love that you say that we wear so many hats? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so and true. It's also the name of my podcast. So, you know. Oh. <laughs> And that was not planned at all. <laughs> no, I didn't think it was, but it worked out perfectly. Yes, yes. Now, your story, it's its quite an amazing story, and I imagine you've told it so many times, but do you ever get tired telling your story? There was one point where I wasn't so much tired of telling it, but I was worried that people were tired of hearing it. Um, and so I kind of held back from that piece a little bit. Um, only to realize that it was doing more harm than good because people still want to hear it. <laughs> mm. 
whether they've heard it before. And definitely the new people, because they don't even realize what I've been through in the past unless they see something pop up or I tell them in some form or fashion. And then they're like, oh my gosh, what? That never, I never even knew that happened. Um, so more so myself, I had to overcome like, okay, that's my own personal issue of being worried about saying it too much because people want to hear it still. So, well, it is, it is quite a story, but, um, oh, I had a whole thought in my brain and it just, (laughs) do you find that sharing that story kind of helped with the healing process? Cause I imagine there was not just physically, but also emotionally and mentally, a lot of healing that you had to go through after experiencing something pretty traumatic like you did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In the beginning, um, of course, the the physical healing was kind of evident just in watching. And I actually struggled with the inner healing a lot on my own before um, opening up and like saying, like, whoa, there was a moment in my life where I was completely overwhelmed because I still was battling with residual issues, with the lack of focus and not being able to focus as easy as I used to. Um, And now I have children in the mix, which they cause a whole nother nother level of chaos and unpredictability. So it's like, now I'm trying to battle this marriage and um, having a business and children, and I just was on the verge of a complete meltdown. So I was like, oh, wait, I got to practice self-care, and I've got to share this because I know other people are struggling with these same things. So, yes, that was healing to be able to just be like, look, this is what's going on, and I know you feel me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in some ways it's not to make light of something that bad that happened, but you have something that you can really pull from. And I think that probably gives you a little, makes it a little bit easier for you to connect with other people because you've been, you've been there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yes, very much so. Very much. Now you mentioned you have kids. How old are mm-hmm. your kids? Our son is eight and then our daughter is five. Those are fun ages. I have a almost eight-year-old and one that's five as well, but I also have two others in there. But those are fun ages. Now, do you find with your business, do you find that gives you more time to spend with your family? Yes, yes. And that is one of the things I love about working for myself. Um, although I'm doing work for others, ultimately, I make my own schedule. And I love being able to to go into classroom parties if they're having one or go into field trips. Um, We had a few snow days this past few weeks. And so not having to worry about, oh, who am I going to get to keep my kids? I absolutely love having that freedom to do that. I mean, of course, it threw off my work schedule. But luckily, I, I had that freedom to make that adjustment. And I can spend more time with them. Yeah, that's nice. I, I like that too. It's also also just being able to not have to worry about having to take time off for six days or anything like that. I can just, I can, I can take those days with the kids if they need it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with your, your personal development, development coaching, um, you said you focus like on the happiness aspect. Is, is that 
your main focus area or like, cause I know with the uh, personal development coaching, there's a lot of different types that focus kind of on certain strategies or certain areas. So do you have a, a main focus with what you do? So my main focus is basically to listen to who I'm serving because we're all different. And although I have different programs, I don't ever have a set agenda through each program. Um, like we have our first initial call and we talk about some of the things that you're struggling with. And then we make a plan from there because your struggles may be similar, but they're different from Susie's struggles and Jennifer's struggles and Jessica's struggles. And so it's not a one size fits all. So I really customize it to the person. That's so, is most of your stuff like one-on-one -on -one then? Yes, yes. We do a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. Well, we as in me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, Usually I just have that plan and with the creating happiness piece, a lot of people try and find it in the wrong ways or they try to purchase it and it's all about figuring out what's causing that hurt on the inside and what are those inner limiting beliefs that you're not facing or that you're just coping with in the wrong ways and healing those and then starting to create your own happiness because it's not something that you can buy or um, that you can chase after. Otherwise, we'd all be happy, but actually two-thirds of us are not. So there's no secret sauce and you have to figure out ways to create it from within. And sometimes we just need a little help doing that and that's where I come in. Do you have a kind of favorite type of client to work with? She's motivated and goal oriented and she doesn't make excuses because we all have problems that we struggle with. Um, but my favorite client is going to say, okay, this is what happened and I'm ready and willing to change it versus yeah, but okay, but well, but <laughs> so we, you know, we talk a lot about when we're all self-employed, we talk about finding our ideal client and how sometimes some clients don't match. So say if you come across that client, that's like, but are you able to say, you know, maybe I'm not the right person to work with you or are you able to still work with that person? Usually I will dismiss myself. Mm -hmm. And so here's the thing. If I feel that I'm not going to be able to help you for whatever reason, I'm not doing you any favors by continuing to work with you. So if you're at that point to where we don't quite click, then I will graciously say, like, I appreciate it. And, um, but I feel like there is someone else that'll be better for you at this moment in time. And hopefully I have a recommendation for them. Um, and usually I do, but not always. Um, but I will let them know that option. Like, hey. I, I, think that's I think that's really great to hear because I find, you know, sometimes there's a lot of people who will just try to push through working with not the right match. So it's really mm -hmm. refreshing to hear that you are willing to say, Okay, well, maybe, maybe we don't click, so maybe we should part ways. Right, because then 
we're just wasting each other's time and time is valuable. So, and I don't want to make your situation worse than what it already is or put a negative taste in your mouth towards receiving help. Now, I see you also, you do a lot of, um, or maybe not a lot of, but you do like guest speaking and stuff. What kind of, uh, where have you talked at? I love talking at women's conferences. Those are my favorite. Um, (laughs) But I've spoken at Indiana University, Ivy Tech. I have an upcoming event for Walk the Talk. Um, It's a TED Talk inspired speaker series. And I will be giving my take on creating happiness. There were 30 auditions and six people were selected. And I am one of six. Oh, wow. Congrats. That's pretty cool. Thank you. I'm excited. I bet. Now, also, there's something here about the Unleashed Woman. Yes. And you're, if I'm reading this right, you're a co-founder? Yes. Yes. So, that is my second baby. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's that about? So the Unleashed Woman, we are all about supporting and uplifting women. And we do that through empowerment events and networking opportunities. So we have our annual women's empowerment conference that's every November. And then throughout the first part of the year, we'll put on like little smaller events. Like for example, um, in January, we had a vision board party and it was more than just creating vision boards, but the ladies actually learned common mistakes when creating vision boards and setting goals and how to avoid them. And after we talked about that, then we went into actually creating our vision boards. So we do like smaller workshops here and there. um, And then we end the year with our large conference. That sounds really interesting. Actually, I think, I think I came across it at some point. Yay. (laughs) I'm not, I, I just, the name rings a bell. It could have been, I don't know. Have you mentioned it in the boss moms group maybe, or. Um, I'm always worried about the promo guidelines in those different groups, so I usually don't mention different things. I maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I saw it somewhere. But that's so, you said that's your second baby. So are you one of these people that have, tend to have some different things on the go at the same time, or? Yes, yes. So my first baby, of course, is my coaching business, working one-on-one with the ladies. And then the Unleashed Woman is my second business, um, my second baby. So do you have anything else in the works? Hmm. Well, (laughs) global takeover. I am working on some private leadership workshops designed to help the team that is behind a leader's brand. Because a lot of times people will focus on, oh, yes, let's get the main face of the brand, the leader, all this personal development and everything. And we kind of overlook the assistants and um, the research and development team and the photographer and the social media team, all these people that are helped helping to create the leader and the brand. Um, So I am working on some private workshops devoted to the team behind the leader. That's great. 
it's, it's good to hear that that stuff's going on because I think that's a something lots of people forget that usually there's a whole structure to whoever's mm -hmm. on top. Right. Like I hate the saying um, self-made <laughs> because I'm like, no, no, really not because yeah. you have a team that's supporting you in some kind of way. Um, and then if it worked for your customers and your clients, exactly they making any money so yeah you can't you can't do anything completely alone not in the business world right there's always there's always somebody else even if it's not somebody you're talking to personally or on a daily there's always there's always somebody else yes that is so correct so i actually have a question that i ask all my guests on the podcast Mm -hmm. And it is, who has had the greatest influence in your life? <laughs> so my answer is generally the same. And I know it sounds so cliche, but <laughs> it is true because it is my mother. Um, I was raised in a single parent home. And so just watching her raise myself and my brother, and then I have a younger brother as well, but he's still kind of in the home. I was pretty much out. <clears throat> by the time he got there, but just watching her raise us and provide us with all the things that we need. And she never complained about the struggle that she had. Um, although I saw it and I don't think she realized that I saw it. Um, mm -hmm. I always appreciated the fact that if there was something that I wanted to do, um, that she was going to try and make it work. For example, I went to a school that was across town from me out of my school district um, at the suggestion of one of my elementary school teachers. She thought that that school would be better than my feeder school. And she drove me every day <laughs> across town to get to school and all the things that I, all the activities that I wanted to be in, she drove me and she did it without complaints. And she always tried to make sure that we exceeded in the things that we wanted to do. And I always appreciated that. You know, I, I don't think it's, it, I don't think it's a cliche answer really, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm learning quickly with, with my guests that moms are very influential people in our lives. Yes. Because I, I think mm -hmm. every guest has said their mom or a grandparent that's kind of in the kind of the same role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think maybe we don't give moms enough credit sometimes right because it, it seems like they are really influential in mm -hmm. in lives in general definitely I remember the first time I realized that they are always watching <laughs> it was a <laughs> story with french fries and my son when he was a baby but he was old enough to eat table food and I was looking at him and I was like why is he eating his french fries like that just thinking in my head and what he was doing he was biting off one end and then flipping it around and biting off the other end and then eating the rest of the fry and as I was looking at him I picked up a fry and went to eat it and I realized I had been doing the same thing <laughs> So he was watching me the whole time and I didn't even realize it. And he started eating his fries the way I was. And that's when it really clicked. Like, 
of course we say somebody's always watching, but in that moment is whenever it really clicked, like always watching, even when you think someone's not, whether yeah. good or bad, someone is being influenced by the things that you do and say. I've, I've actually kind of had the same thought, but a little bit like the other way. I was sitting just listening to my kids play or have some odd conversation which they do but they had no idea that I could hear them mm -hmm. or that I was watching them and I thought at that moment I'm like gosh how many times was I playing or saying something and I didn't think my mom was watching or listening and she was there's <laughs> there's so much that we hear and we observe without our kids even realizing it as well so it's it's funny it goes both ways but at the same time, my husband's always telling me that our daughter, she's exactly like me. And she she mm -hmm. eats like me. She does she she's she's a clone of me pretty much. <laughs> and, same. Yeah. It's but it's also I think it reminds me on a regular basis of I really need to be careful of what I do because I really want to instill good habits with right. my children. And, and they also tend to reflect our bad moments as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, moms, we're, in, it, we're pretty influential. Yes, very, very. And actually, I was just thinking earlier, I said 2014. Um, but 2014 was whenever I started thinking about taking it serious. And then 2015 is whenever I actually made the steps to make everything official for my mm -hmm. business and i keep forgetting it is 2018 now <laughs> so we're coming up on three years yeah time uh, flies doesn't it mm -hmm. now when you decided to take that step what did that process kind of look for you did you just decide one day kind of like okay, I'm going to register my business and make it more official or just how, how did it work out for you? So I had already been coaching some of my friends. I didn't call it coaching, but that's what I was doing. Like we had regular appointments and um, <clears throat> I was helping them with the things that they were struggling with. And so and I was already had started working on my master's, but it was just a focus in psychology by itself. And then I switched it up a little bit and added that coaching piece to it as well. And I, I had to struggle kind of in the beginning because I'm the type of person where I want all my ducks in a row and then present their finished product. Um, but I often have to remind myself, and even to this day, I'll, I'll catch myself and have to remind myself that progress is better than perfection. Mm. Um, so it's okay that everything wasn't lined up and perfect just the way I wanted as long as I got something out there and built up on that and just kept progressing from there. And so that's what I finally started to do. And I was like, all right, let me just put this out there. <laughs> and here's what it is. And um, then I just progressed from there. So. so did you use basically just kind of word of mouth just to kind of grow your business or? Yes, yes. So my clients, it was always like, yeah, well, if there's anybody else that you think could benefit, um, 
and that word of mouth is starting to pick up more these days, which is great. I still haven't gotten into the paid advertising role, mm. uh, at least not right now, but I'm seeing some good growth without it. So <clears throat> eventually I'm sure I'll start to get to that paid advertising point. Um, but as of right now, I'm doing fine without it. And then I'm looking more speaking engagements. So that's always a plus. And I love to be able to connect with women live at conferences and events and workshops and things like that. So, yeah, that's what I've been working on. So you really enjoy, like, the conferences then or the workshops? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would you consider doing that more than, say, your personal one-on-one? Because at some point, you, I imagine you kind of have to balance your time, right? Right, right. So I am looking to increase my speaking engagements uh, because I do love that so much. Um, but I can never lose that one-on-one piece and just that very intimate moments with that one person. Um, I think eventually I will start a group program but I'll always still have some one-on-one clients, um, just maybe not as many. Yeah. Because you were mentioning you, you, you've seen some growth and you haven't got to the whole paid advertisement thing. But I imagine there's only so many clients you can take. So in my mind, I would think slower growth is actually kind of beneficial for you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I know that once I do start paid advertising, then they're going to be like boatloads and boatloads. And (laughs) I don't like to turn people away. So yeah, and you have to be careful with that because you don't want to burn yourself out. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, Finding that that balance, I guess. Yes. So that's why I like the combo of having the one on one, but then having the events where I could help an entire room Mm. Um, and then like I said eventually I'll add in that group coaching program but I haven't figured out the best way um, to do that yet that'll best serve my ladies so that's still on the sidelines for now. Have you ever considered doing just like a Facebook group or maybe like a membership site or something like that? I have I have a few times not enough to actually do it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's yeah. a, it's a big task. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're in the Boss Moms Facebook group. Do you make use of a lot of Facebook groups, or do you find that's a good way to connect with just people in general and maybe also potential clients? Or yes, I like that group. So I'm in a lot of groups, but I don't pay attention to ninety five percent of. Um, and actually every now and then I'll go through and delete myself from a lot of groups and I'm like what is this who added me to this (laughs) but I do like the boss moms group especially because I do have children and um, you know there's the regular mom and then there's the entrepreneur mom or the career mom and we can all connect on the kid piece but then 
can't always connect on the business piece, whether you're working for yourself or for a corporation or something. And yeah. so it's nice having the boss moms group where everybody can connect on both pieces, the business and the children. So that's one group I utilize. And then there's a speakers group that I utilize. So those two groups I'm, I'm pretty active in. I was just uh, scrolling a little bit through your Facebook page and I can see you're pretty active on it, which is great. I might yeah. have to come and share some of your content. Yes. Yes. I appreciate it. Thanks. Well, we're coming up on 30 minutes. So I just wanted to ask perhaps, do you have, do you have a piece of advice you like to share that you think is really important for people? Yes. Let's see. <laughs> like, which one do I share? Which one do I share? <laughs> you can share more than one if you'd like. So one of my favorite ones is turn your losses into lessons. Um, because what I like to compare it to, like, whenever you think of a child that's learning how to walk, since we're all moms here, um, when that child is learning how to walk, they fall down, they might cry a little bit, but then they get right back up and they keep walking. Um, and next thing you know, they're running around and you can't get them to sit down. And a lot of times I will say like, think like a baby that's learning how to walk because we grow up to be adults and we lose that whole mentality. The baby is like, oh, I can't do this. I'm going to try again. Oh, I'm upset that I fail, but I'm going to try again. Um, and then we become adults and we're like, oh, I, I fell down and now I'm going to sit here and wallow in it and I'm going to cry about it and complain about all the reasons that it went wrong or what's holding me back or my boss doesn't like me or I don't have enough money or I don't have enough education. And then we're stuck there. But we need to think like a baby because the baby just keeps on getting up even after they fell. And so whenever we reach those obstacles, we have to be like, okay, how can I turn this momentary loss into a lesson and grow from it and keep going until next thing I know I'm running. Um, and so, yes, we'll go with that one. Turn your losses into lessons. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm sitting here nodding my head through the whole thing. <laughs> I think that's such a great piece of, advi of advice. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to share. Yeah, because it is very true that uh, as adults, we tend to forget that we can just get up again mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we can try again. Yes. But sometimes, then, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's also, it's nice to wallow as long as you don't do it for too long. Right, right. Another thing I say is give yourself five minutes to cry and feel all the emotions that you need to. And then after that's done, all right, how do we keep it going forward? What can I learn from this experience and keep moving forward? Yeah. Well, our time has run up, but I would like to give you the chance. Is there anything in particular you would like to talk about, shout out about yourself or anything? Well, I'm always looking for wonderful ladies to serve. So check out my website, www.lindsayvertner.com. And even if it's just to shoot me a line and say like, hey, I loved your talk with Desiree. And I just love meeting new friends and helping however I can. So. Oh, great. Come say hey. 
<laughs> and you're also on Facebook and Instagram, right? Yes. I am on all the social medias. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to be. Thanks for coming on. It's really great chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. Yay, you made it to the end. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. It would help us greatly that if you did, if you could give us a thumbs up or a like or a rating, depending on where you're listening, because it will help others find the podcast. And as always, I hope you have a wonderful and productive week. Bye for now.